Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Minutes with Mew presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri, and we're joined by the one and only Scott Mutram. You know him, BC Radio Network, Learfield, the sideline reporter, former Boston College QB. He joins us as BC is coming off a tough 44-14 to 14 loss to Florida State uh, to fall to 1-3 and three and 0-2 and in conference play. Before we get to Scott, I just want to remind you, if you're a BC football fan, you got to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com for more details. They have pregame tailgates, giveaways throughout the year, spring practice invites. Uh, it's a really good organization. If you're a BC football fan, you got to be part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com. Calm. Okay, now with that, we welcome Scott, Scott Mutrin. And, uh, you know, Scott, some weeks are easier than others. This is, this is a tough week, and this is a tough Saturday game. Uh, I guess, first of all, just your general thoughts for that tough loss in Tallahassee. Well, it was an ominous start when the opening kickoff goes back, um, you know, for a touchdown, and then you get an interception on your first offensive possession and you're down 14 nothing two two minutes into the game it's not ideal start to any game it's it's an even worse idea it's an even worse start to a game um, on the road and it's an even worse start if you're doing a conference game on the road so um i think that uh it is uh you know they put themselves behind the eight ball and then just were never really able to re- recover from that, and it was it was tough at times to see. There were some good moments, but uh, there were definitely not a lot of them out there, and there need to be some better moments as the season goes on. Yeah, so since that game Saturday, I've had a bunch of people just call and, and talk to me and ask me, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. They're just the general questions, like what what's up with BC? Uh, and what's your take? How would you answer that, Scott, I guess? Jeff Halfley, this is year three. You know, it just—it's it, not supposed to be like this. I guess there's supposed to be more success. Um, I guess what's going on? Yeah, I think you know some of it is tough. You, uh, Coach Affleck, came in and and probably saw a lack of some uh, explosiveness in the in athletic players and kind of focused on bringing in a lot of that. Um, and then I see, I think that uh, you had some injuries on the offensive line. Um, and maybe some departures of guys that you know have left uh, the program at the higher, you know, at a at a more senior level, uh, meaning that they're a little more seasoned and have a little more experience. Um, so I, I think that there's a combination of, of all that, and it's just uh, it's kind of snowballed into that. And it's you know, COVID is you know played some tough things on everybody. I think the the opening of the the transfer portal and the NIL opening on, on a lot of things created a whole new landscape. Uh, that a lot of programs are dealing with. Uh, some were able to deal with them, you know, at an accelerated level, and some weren't. And I think um, it's just there's a, a whole bunch of instances where um, that you're just not you're not seeing it on the field. It's it's I'm sure it's tough for people to see. I think there is some talent, 
Um, I think it's young in, in certain positions. I think it's established in other positions. And I think some of the, um, the younger guys need some help from the older guys to get them through this. And then some of the older guys got to be able to kind of weather the storm and, and, and be able to find some ways to produce. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it sounds like to me, too, it sounds like, you know, just a big picture-wise, NIL is, you know, here to stay. And, you know, BC's got to adjust. And you, you got if you're, gonna, you're playing against other teams – who are getting these players and through the transfer portal, et cetera, uh, you know, like a Florida State's, a Clemson's, you know, BC's got to kind of, for lack of a better word, step up with the big boys. You're in the Power Five ACC. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that go with that, right? I mean, there is the whole uh, the ability to bring in a certain amount of players, the, the needs of the players that want to come in, and then the, the development of your program. And, you know, Jeff Halfley wants to build this the right way. Um, it's tough to build culture on a team if you're just buying stop gaps on a year-to-year basis. Because people that aren't here for a period of time um, don't understand the culture. They don't. They haven't embraced it. They're just here for a short period, and that's tough. Um, as an example for your program, you have to have really strong leadership for that for that to happen. And um, on the players' aspect. So there's a lot of factors that go into making these decisions. They, you know, sure you want the best players, but sometimes you need the right players. And uh, I think that that's, you know, that's the tough part that Coach Halfley is going through right now. But they're, you know, you got to believe in them at this point. You hire them to do a job. You do feel he's going to be successful. He's an aggressive recruiter. It's, uh, you know, it takes some time for some of the guys that are young in positions to, to get better. But, uh, you know, the one thing you, you want to see is improvement. And I don't know if you're, you know, you saw it in Florida State. Uh, so I think that's the thing that people are most frustrated about. They want hope. In the end, you can deal with all this, but you just kind of want to see some hope at the end of the tunnel. So uh, I'd like to get your perspective, former QB as well. Phil Jacoby, 15 of 23, 105 yards. You know, big picture with him. He came out very strong the previous last two years with BC. This year has been a bit of a struggle. I mean, do you attribute that to him or more the offensive line? Just your whole take on the QB play now through four games. Yeah, I think it's a kind of little bit of both. Um, no one is absolved of sins. <laughs> Especially if you watch some of the, the tape and you watch some of the replays of the games. I think that uh, you have to get confident and, and comfortable if you feel like you're going to get hit on every play. Um but it's also part of your job to find guys when they're open and be able to, to look past that and lead through the difficult times and, uh, and, and help pick up the younger guys. I say, I say this a lot, the quarterback position's job is to cover up the ailments uh, of the team and the offense, and good ones can cover up those ailments um, by, the, by the way in which they lead and by the way in which they play. Um, the great quarterbacks have that ability to to make everything look a little bit better than it really is. And that's the challenge for Phil for the rest of the season. I think that he needs to uh, to take that challenge and continue to encourage these offensive linemen. They want to perform. They want to be successful. They don't want to see their quarterback getting hit. Like, And and Phil definitely wants you know to, to hit open guys and, and not feel like he's under duress every single time he drops back to pass. And I think that that's something that um, – that they need to, to continue to work on. It's not something that's just going to get better overnight. It's going to be a process, and it's going to take time. But if they stay in it together and they continue to fight, and continue to work at it, find ways to, you know, to be successful offensively, um, then they can identify 
you know, what they're going to be for the next three quarters of the season, right? Because you're a quarter of the way done so far. Now, there's no one's going to wait and no one's going to feel sorry for you. So either you get better, you come together, or you, you kind of fall apart. And I, I think the, the guys in that locker room are going to come together. Um, one more note of the offense, 34 carries for rushing. I'm talking about now 95 yards, averaging 2.8. You know, I think about BC teams in the past, you always had a strong rushing game, oh, the good teams in the past. Uh, would you? What's your take on that? Offensive line issues as well, the lack of running game for uh, for BC? Yeah, I mean, it comes with being able to, to move guys off the ball, hit the holes when they're there. And I think, you know, you look at the times when you'd say, well, BC is great at running the ball, but they couldn't throw it, right? Yeah. So now, it's, you know, when you have moments where you're successful throwing it, and I think they came in the season wanting to throw it a little more than they were going to run it, feature Phil and Zay. That's a philosophy scheme that, that, that works. So I think it's, you know, you have to find a certain amount of balance. And uh, in, in, in the game today, there needs to be that that ability to run and throw it and dictate terms to the defenses. You can't just be one dimensional because they will defenses can scheme and game plan towards that. So you have to be able to to run the football if you want to throw the football and throw the football if you want to run the football. So there's, um, if not, it just it just makes defenses easily to to defend you and they don't have to to worry about a certain amount of things. And when they don't have to worry about the running game. It allows that pass rush to get upfield, so it ends up hurting the line even more. So they're kind of, you know, they can help each other out if they kind of fix it. Zay Flowers, seven reception, 45 yards, you know, averaging 6.4 yards. Um, that's good. He had a long of 11, but that's not going to, like, to your point, that's not going to make or break the game right there. No, you need explosive plays. Um, and sometimes you need those explosive plays to be close to the line of scrimmage where you break a tackle, make somebody miss, and get downfield. And the inability to, to break free, whether it's they or other guys, is another byproduct of that. Uh, DC's got to be able to, to create some um, separation. they got to be able to create some space. If, if the defenses are going to squat and sit on you, you have to be able to stretch them um, horizontally and vertically because uh, then you can find holes that way. Um, and if you're going to stretch them vertically, you got to be able to block it. If you're going to stretch horizontally, you got to be able to be athletic in a small amount of space and make people miss um, and create leverage and create you know certain matchups that work for you. So there's complications that come with that, but there's there's ways to do it scheme wise, uh, personnel wise, and hopefully they're going to start you know finding those the ways in which they can be successful with the guys that they have out there. Okay, uh, let's switch sides of the ball real quick. BC's defense, how do you evaluate them? Obviously, they allowed 44 points. Um, just your take on the whole defensive unit for BC. Yeah, t- tough. I think you really saw the first time a quarterback successfully threw the ball uh, versus BC in a while. Um, some of their matchups on the perimeter, especially in the inside of the field. Um, Mike Norvell and staff, especially uh, Travis, they did a good job of using the middle of the field to, to create some versus BC's pressures. Um, a lot of big plays in the middle of the field and uh, and then some deep shots. You know, down the sideline, they have some, some athletes down there and there were some great throws. Travis played well, he, you know, to his credit. He made some tight window throws uh, versus pressure, but uh, that you know that's the nature of the beast when you don't uh, you don't get stopped. Um, I think they were, you know, they had some good moments, but, uh, you know, they kind of, Weathered the storm after the first, you know, couple possessions, and they they did all right for a little while, but then ran out of gas. I think down there a little bit, but uh, there's definitely need for improvement there. I think you, you definitely want to see 
some improvement in, in controlling the running game. And you're going to need to do that this week because you have an extremely dynamic quarterback coming to town. And, uh, you know, if you don't contain him in the running game, um, then he becomes a two-way go running and throwing the football. And that's something that's, that's not a recipe for success. And before I get to that, Louisville, as you mentioned, too, just like to get your take, Scott. Uh, did you ever uh, play in a game like the Florida State game where you just totally got, you know, just destroyed, beat, killed, whatever adjective you want to use? How, how did you, uh-huh. how did you kind of go about the next week of practice uh, to try to regroup? And because, uh, as you mentioned, a very difficult, you know, ACC conference game coming up next weekend with Louisville. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Yeah, um... You know, Lawson obviously lost some tough games when you played um, part of a couple teams that um, had some big losses and had the you know surprising losses that you had to come back from. And what you really need to do is instead of and I know it sounds childish, but instead of pointing fingers, you need to kind of look inward. What do you have to do better? What do I need to do better today to, to prepare for us to win? Have I done enough? Can I do more? Do I watch more films? Do I work out a little bit extra? Do I work with some of the younger guys? If you're an older guy, if you're a younger guy, do I find out some of the older guys to ask them questions, how I can get better? Um, you really have to be able to find that um, inner pride in what you're doing and also have the um, humility to know that Blaming the other, you know, other players or, or doing any of that is not going to solve it. Right? You got to look inwardly first and, and honestly evaluate the way in which you're playing. And I think if guys do that, then they'll they'll come together and they'll realize, hey, we can be better. We're better than this. We're we're a talented group. We need to start showing it. Uh, we need to hold ourselves accountable. Hold ourselves to a standard that uh, that's that's better than this. And, and and I think they will. And but but it's it's not easy, right? Because you question a lot about it and. Uh, said before confidence is really easy to lose um when times get tough but the true mentally strong people and the, and the people that have conviction in what they're doing in their process um, are the ones that succeed in life so i believe that there's strong character on this team that can do that um, but now's the challenge to step up and show you know show everyone else that they can you're right you know these you gotta remember too you know it's easier said than done and be uh, these are college kids, and for a lot of them, they, this might be the real first adversity they faced in their playing career in their lives uh, with football. I'm sure they're all stars in high school. You, you know, kind of see where I'm getting at there? I, I absolutely see where you're getting at here, and I think that that's an important thing that needs to be addressed is that um, adversity reveals the character in which you have, right? Anybody can be a great leader when things are going well, right? It's when times are bad. Um, is when you show the medal of your leadership. And it doesn't mean that you're in the locker rooms giving speeches to people, right? It's how you go about your work every day, um, the effort you put in, your demeanor around your teammates and your body language around them on the field, um, the, the respect in which you show your younger and older teammates, the coaching staff, 
you know the people around you like that that's how your character stands through and that's the, that's good that is the mark of a champion is how you're able to to weather through a lot of that when you've never experienced that before but i tell you what you learn way more from losses in life than you're ever going to learn from your victories because you learn from the losses that um a how much you hate it right and and b how much um you really need to be able to improve and not take you know certain things personally whether it's coaching or critique because the same people that will praise you will you know critique you so you got to knock out all the noise and focus on you know getting better and focus on improving yourself but i i do think that that's a really important factor in today is when you come in and everyone's an all-american come from high school um i i think it's really tough when when all of a sudden they're like well this is this used to be very easy for me. well you know reality life is not easy life's not fair uh, how do you uh, how do you respond to the challenge, right? Do you fold or do you do you kind of bow your neck and just say, "All right, enough." That's 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 the true challenge. Yeah, and this is a good example. You can, you know, after college, a lot of this, the same things will happen over. Probably, unfortunately, for them, there'll be challenges the rest of their lives. Is what I'm trying to get to say. And this yeah. is probably the first one. Um, all right, Scott. Last minute or two. Louisville, uh, two and two. Uh, forty-one to three beat South Florida. Just your your general things uh, thoughts on the uh, Louisville Cardinals. Yeah, it's the Malik Cunningham show. Let's be honest; he's their leading rusher, and he's a leading passer. He's threatening Lamar Jackson's touchdown record, which in and of itself is pretty amazing. Um, granted, he's been there a little bit longer, but the fact of the matter is that he's the engine that drives the bus for Louisville, and uh, BC's defense needs to be this one. Um, if they don't control. His running lanes, if they don't get bodies to the ball and make it difficult for him to run the football, they're going to have a long day. It's just that's just the fact of the matter. They're going to um, they need to to get bodies on Malik Cunningham. They need to to not give him the easy outs, and then if, when he's throwing the football, don't give him his first choice. Right? Try to take that away, make him stand back there, uh, move through his reads, and hopefully turn the ball over. They had some success in, in intercepting Malik Cunningham a couple times um, years past, but I mean that's that's something that you got to stop the run first, right? So if you don't stop the run, then they're not going to need to throw it too much. So they really just need to do a good job of, of neutralizing him as best they can and making them go the long way, not giving up any any big plays, and then offensively avoid the the negative plays. I, I really think defensively you get a couple turnovers that can really help your situation. Uh, you get a short field for a struggling offense that makes you know, life a little easier than having to go 80, 90 yards. Um, but, you know, the offense needs to find a way to, to limit the negative plays, um, to stop stepping or shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, you see that. Like, there's times where you see two or three good plays and then there's a negative play. That's just it's frustrating for a lot of people the people watching it, but it's even more frustrating for the guys doing it because they're not trying to screw up. It's just unfortunate. Um, so I really do think that they um, continue to, to build on some, some positive things from, from Florida State. I know there weren't a ton of them, but there, there were some moments they, they had run the ball downhill a little bit. Um, had some consistency in the passing game and, you know, for Phil Zrykovic and his leadership to really shine through, I think he can show a lot to... Um, you know, NFL scouts and how you handle this adversity, right? You can you can really kind of he can push through this and start to bring a nice end to the you know the last three quarters of the season. I think he can show a lot to NFL teams that will impress them. So it's kind of a you know a challenge for him, I would say, to do that. I think he I think he can do it. 
Um, but we got to, you know, you got to see it uh, on the field. Okay, 12 noon Saturday, October 1st on WEI. Scott, what's your game day plan here as we, what's the tailgating eats going to be like as we get ready for oh, this another, Saturday? Yeah, another early game. So probably a little breakfast there uh, at the uh, at the game. So we'll get a nice day. It looks to be a nice fall day in Massachusetts. Um, you know, get some, uh, probably some eggs, sausage, maybe some breakfast pastries. Nice little tiny blueberry or chocolate chip muffin is always a nice way to start a weekend day, especially when you got it in the fall. So I'm a big fan of that. And, uh, you know, hopefully get some clam chowder up in the press box uh, at halftime. That's uh, I've only had it once this year, but it's also one of my favorite treats to go. At, uh, I don't have it very often, so it's one of the things I like to have when I go uh, halftime for game day. Yeah, the good thing about your role is you're on the sidelines. You're walking it off, man, so you could, you could burn those calories. Oh, you know, I else burn it off, running up and down the stairs from the, to the press box and down to the field. Wow, yeah, so I've done that before. That's a, that's a good one. You start, you know, you go up, you grab the gear, you come down, you run up at halftime, you come down, you run up at the end of the game. There's a lot going on, and I try to beat the elevators for that. You never want to get stuck in the elevators or stuck where the coaches have to go, so I try to take the uh, – I'm usually fighting traffic, too, So especially at the end of games. Everyone's coming down, and you're going up. Um, you know, makes it a little tough, but hey, that's part of the challenge. Yeah, no doubt. You, you get your ten thousand steps. No doubt, no question about that. A couple, a couple of ducks, a couple, sh- you know, shakes, a couple moves, kind of give give the hip. No stiff arms yet. I don't want to, you know, knock anybody out. So uh, <laughs> it's more of avoiding contact than trying to get in contact. <laughs> there you go, without breaking a sweat. <laughs> All right, Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be listening uh, Saturday, WEI, 12 noon. Scott Mutrin, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.